Chapter Two of Alice or the Wages of Sin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Mary Schneider. Alice or the Wages of Sin by Frederick Worden Pangborn. Chapter Two. Quote, no mercy now can clear her brow for this world's peace to pray for as love's wild prayer dissolved in air her woman's heart gave way but the sin forgiven by christ in heaven by men is cursed alway in the crisp air of an october evening while the printers in that great newspaper building were setting the types of that little two-line message which a sad-faced gray-haired gentleman had given to the office clerk for publication a girlish figure plodded along with weary steps in the road leading to the city from a neighboring suburb at intervals of perhaps half an hour this young woman paused and leaning against a fence or tree rested for she was very tired and had come a long distance having already walked from the city to the suburban town she was fair and sweet to look upon and noble in appearance but trouble and woe were now upon her and she would have looked poorly indeed to those who a short time before were pleased to behold her her errand to that town had been a sad one but she had done it successfully and now relieved of her burden she was trudging back to the city and to death her story is easily told mary morton had met a fate similar to that which befalls many a noble girl daughter of affluent parents she had been thrown into the society of the highest classes of her city and had become acquainted with the young collegian with whom she fell in love at the age of sixteen years this young man not yet of age himself she had been persuaded into marrying clandestinely he making it an excuse that if his marriage were known he would not be allowed to remain in his college therefore agreeing to keep the marriage a secret until he should have graduated she consented to the union the time went by and the young student's graduation day was near at hand mary was filled with an anxious happiness when she one day received a letter from him telling her that he had received a tempting offer from abroad which he must accept as soon as he should leave college and asking her to wait a little longer before making their marriage public filled with grief and horror the alarmed girl wrote him in reply that she could delay no longer and that he must come home and acknowledge her the reply to this was that he would do as he pleased that there was no legal marriage both being minors at the time and that he would go abroad at once mary wrote again this time in humble piteous appeal but the young man did not reply stung to the heart by such treatment and terrified by the future she fled soon after from home and was never again seen by her relatives she found some work in a factory for a time but approaching maternity soon drove her from that and after leaving the hospital with her baby in her arms she had drifted aimlessly about begging for work and getting none the little money which she had is gone and to-night heart-sore and foot-sore she is walking back to the great city leaving her baby behind her and wondering in a dazed way why she should thus suffer 
as she plods along the dark road she lives over again in a dream-like sense the happy days of her life she sees her noble father always so proud of her the older sister to whom she was wont to go with every childish trouble and to whom she had just gone although the sister knows it not with her last earthly care and she sees once more the mother face gentle and good and then she sees no more but breaks forth into violent sobs which attract the notice of a passer-by and she hurries on her way how long it seems why go back to the city at all there is but one life there for her and that life she will not live she may be a ruined and lost girl but she is still proud and pure in heart so on she goes but the thought keeps recurring why go back at all why not end it here the river is just as calm and deep over there as in the city and why go on she comes to a crossroad surely it must be an invitation for her for it leads directly toward the river she takes the new road the lights of the city are in sight but she is not now nearing them any longer here is the river she did not expect to reach it quite so soon but then perhaps it is better so she stands above the dark water now upon a little pier to which a pretty pleasure boat is moored a thought comes to her will some fair maid to-morrow sail forth in this pretty little boat with her lover perhaps love and life may launch their bark here to-morrow despair and death shall be here to-night she takes one last look at the still stars in the soft dark bed of sky one look at the same quiet stars reflected in the dark water and with the word mother softly trembling on her lips she is gone and the river receives her in its ample bosom too late o dying mother too late o sorrowing father your gentle call sent broadcast throughout the land published in a thousand places spread among thousands of people is too late not all the newspapers in the world not all the telegraphs in the land can call the lost one back she is gone gone to the gentle river which received her when the world would not gone to the arms of him who said come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and meant it lost to the world lost to the father lost to the mother gone end of chapter two